listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. One of the reasons I want to do this podcast, this this episode today, is because there are so many people who feel like it's this tug of war where there are some months or some years where the devil will win the tug. There are other years that, um, you know, you and the Holy Spirit will win the tug. It's not like that. And it's not designed to be like that. And I can't believe this at this level of ministry. Like I've been in the ministry now for, you know, over 20 years. And I can't believe that one of the major things that people take issue with is this thought of the, of the fact that you can live in a place of never ending victory, that that's God's desire. Not that you go from, you know, uh, issue to victory, you know, problem, failure, get back up again, victory. That's, that doesn't have to be your story. And it's definitely God's not, not God's plan for your life. And so I wanted to do this because I wanted to do a practical episode because I can't tell you how many people we get, uh, you know, prayer requests from, you know, I'm struggling. This is happening. The devil's attacking, whatever. And there's this, there's this thought that, you know, these things just happen. You got to learn to roll with the punches. We want you to know how you can go from grace unto grace, from victory unto victory, from favor unto favor, miracle to miracle, how you can live. And, and here's the other thing. You have to structure your life in such a way that you learn that you shouldn't always need a miracle. I want to break this down at the very beginning. You need to structure your life, your, your business, your ministry in such a way that you recognize that you don't always need a miracle. Now, let me, let me give you the, the preface to that remark. Um, it's a bit, a bit of a caveat. It doesn't mean you don't need access to miracle power. It doesn't mean you don't need access to the supernatural. What I'm t- telling you is you shouldn't always need a miracle to make it, to get through, right? You shouldn't always, because it's like, you're always in need of like a, 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 a it's, it's like you're in an emergency situation. Like, my God, we need a miracle before Friday or it's like, you shouldn't always be at that place. I understand that there will be times where you you may start that way in life where you're get you're going from that place of understanding how to walk by faith not by sight. But you shouldn't be 20 years into your Christianity, 10 years into your Christianity and still need a miracle all the time. There's always something uh that I wonder about when I'm constantly talking to people and they these people, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've known them, they always are in need of a miracle. I got to have a miracle. If we don't get a miracle, it's like, what is going on in your life that you're always in need of a miracle? Now, I'm not saying that we're not always open to the miracle working power of God. That's a different thing. But for example, uh, and I want you to hear this the right way. Okay. Don't hear this in a prideful way. It's not, but, uh, you know, I'm sitting here in front of you today and, uh, God has blessed us, but, but there's the difference between I'm walking in the blessing of God. I'm walking by faith. 
I'm not sitting here in front of you today and need a miracle. Like I'm open to the miracles of God. We've confessed that November, December are going to be our months of, we're going to see wonders take place. Yes. Wonders. God always will do more with you, but I'm talking about for survival. I don't need a miracle today to survive today. Do you understand what I mean? If God does not perform a miracle today, my kids are still going to eat. My lights are going to stay on. My mortgage is going to be paid. My car is going to be paid. The insurance is going to be paid. The ministry is going to keep on running. This does not mean we don't depend on the, on the, uh, the hand of God. I'm not saying that. I want you to hear where I'm, where I'm going with this. I want you to understand this. It's not, I'm not being prideful. I'm not saying these things as though I'm unappreciative of the Lord's supernatural power. That if you think that you're missing my point, my point is you don't, the Bible doesn't say that the just shall live by miracles. It says the just shall live by faith. It doesn't say we walk by miracles and not by sight. It says we walk by faith and not by sight. Now my life is a miracle. Everything God's doing in this ministry is miraculous, but you understand you get beyond the place where you're believing for survival. You shouldn't live there. If you're living there, that's a problem. (laughs) It's like every single day you got to have a miracle just to survive. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. You shouldn't live every day where you need a miracle just to survive. You get to the place where you build your faith and you are blessed by God and you've got a structure in place. You understand what I mean? You've got a structure in place where you're walking by faith. Doesn't mean you're not expecting the miraculous. Doesn't mean you're not pressing in for God's greatest. It just means that I'm not walking day by day that if a miracle doesn't happen, I'm done. And I know you've probably been there in life where it's like, if God doesn't come through on this, if there's not a miracle, we're done. And I understand there are times like that. But what I'm, what I'm talking about is that as you mature in Christ, as you continue on in your life with Jesus, your life shouldn't be like that where it's like, my God, like I can't imagine living life like that. If I'm, I've been in the ministry 20 years, if I'm almost 40 years old and every morning I wake up I'm like, God, you better come through today. If there's not a miracle that takes place today, we're not, this ministry's not going to stay afloat. My, my, I'm going to have to lay people off. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. That's not the way God wants his people to walk and live and thrive, right? So uh, you got to realize that we're, we're called to, to walk by faith and not by sight, not by miracles, by faith. Now, it's exactly true. That's a great quote. Matt said, uh, some people need a budget, not a miracle. That's exactly right. And part of the reason some people struggle is because, as I said, they haven't put structure in place to properly steward what God's done in their life. And that's, that's an issue. So, but what I mean is, of course, we're pressing in for the miracles of God. Yes. I, we're confessing wonders in November, wonders in December, and then we're going to have divine possession in 2022. No question. No question. But we're not doing it for survival, but to press forward to the next level. That's, that's where we need the miracles. So, on top of that, though, one of the things that we need to recognize is the devil does have a plan to destroy your life. No question. No question. The Bible says the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So we know that the devil's got a plan to destroy you. Today, we're talking about how to ensure 
that the devil's plans for your life fail every single time. And I'm going to give you uh, about four or five things that will set you on that course so that you're not in a place where you're always like, I just need a miracle. I'm believing for a miracle. Structure yourself so that you're not always in a position where you're like, I got to have a miracle. I got to have a You can just be blessed and walk by faith. You know, truly, if you think about it, God has anointed you and has designed you to be the one who brings those unexpected blessings to other people. You are called and have been raised up to be a deliverer in your generation, a deliverer in your generation. So you're not always, you shouldn't always be looking to get delivered. It's like, I need somebody to come with a miracle. No, you're called to be raised up to be a deliverer. So let me give you these and we're going to break them down. We're going to talk through them. And these are the, these are the areas that I most see people fail where they always do need a miracle for their life. And so if you can get these right, then you can set yourself a structure where you're not struggling. You're not going from need miracle to need miracle. No, just walk by faith. Number one, the devil does have a plan for you. He does have a plan to destroy you. He does have a plan to take you out. But number one, and this is huge. Don't believe the lies. Now that may, that may sound elementary to some of you that are, you know, in the victory tribe that may seem more uh, mature in the faith, but I can't even begin to tell you how many people fall prey to this right here in the body of Christ. I mean, it's, it's huge. It's huge. Love you, Grace. Don't believe the lies. There are people that struggle here first, and it's always going to be here first. The thoughts come, the lies come, wrong words from wrong relationships, they come. Don't believe the lies. What you're listening to, what you're focusing on makes all the difference in the world, all the difference in the world when it comes to your victory, walking in victory, walking by faith, making sure the devil's plans never succeed in your life. Remember this, if you're a Christian, the devil is already defeated. He's already under your feet. Jesus Christ defeated him and stripped him of his power 2000 years ago. So truly the devil has no authority over your life as a believer. The Bible teaches us in Ephesians chapter one, that we are connected to Christ. We are his body. He's the head. So there's no authority that the devil has over the body of Christ. That would have to mean that the devil has authority over Jesus himself. And that's not going to be the case ever, ever. And so I want you to see this because he has no authority over you. What is his only recourse against your life? What's the only avenue that he has to try to speak lies to you and then get you to believe them. That is it. His only recourse. This is why I'm covering this first. The devil's only recourse against your life is to speak lies and convince you to believe them. If he can do that, then he can get you to defeat yourself because he can't take authority over you. He can't destroy Christ. 
He can't put the curse back on you. He can only speak lies and deception and try to convince you to believe it. What's the first thing he said to Eve? He said, did God really say, started to distort the word of God, lies, deception, until she believed the very thing Satan said. And when she believed the thing Satan said, what happened? It caused her to take actions contrary to God's plan that brought destruction. The first key is don't believe these lies. Now, Paul spoke about the fact that we have the ability to literally take every thought captive. That's what the Bible says. We can take every thought captive and make it obey Jesus Christ. Think about that. So thoughts will come. I'll read it to you. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And um, we'll, we'll go to, to uh, verse 3. 2 Corinthians 10, beginning in verse 3. And uh, we'll read through verse 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Listen to this. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. Verse 4. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy, verse 5, every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Did you notice this in verse 4? That God's weapons knock down the strongholds of what? Human reasoning. That means if you're in the flesh trying to reason through life, that's a stronghold that will keep you in bondage. And we use the weapons that are spiritual weapons, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. So human reasoning in and of itself is a stronghold that if you try to make everything make sense in your natural mind, you will fail because the things of God don't make sense to the natural mind. And you've got to live by the spirit. You don't believe the lies of the enemy. We take every thought captive and we make it obey Jesus Christ. Paul had a lot to say about what you think. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Whatsoever things are good, holy, pure, if they are, are encouraging, if there's a good report, right? Think on these things. Choose what you think about. Choose what you meditate on. Choose what's in your mind. Don't believe the lies. So if anything comes at you and it is contrary to what God's word says about you, your family, your mind, your body, your business, your ministry, you reject it and laugh at it. Reject it and laugh at it. When you do that, you're just being like God because the Bible says evil men make plans, but the Lord laughs in heaven. <laughs> the evil men make plans, but the Lord laughs. He laughs in heaven. Why? Because the, the plans come to nothing. 
And so do the thoughts come to nothing. It's a lie. And I choose not to believe the lie. And so what's the key here? You have to make up your mind right off the bat to not believe the lie. Now, here's an interesting thing that I want to give you before we move on. There are things that can be factual and still be a lie. Let that hit you. There are things that can be factual and still be a lie. You say, how in the world can that, how can something be a fact and a lie at the same time? Because if a fact contradicts the truth of God's word, it is now a lie. It's fact, but it's a lie. How is that possible? What if you got a diagnosis from a doctor that said you had some certain sickness or disease? Well, it's not. It's not untrue. He's not telling you something that's not there. It's a fact. But God's word says, by whose stripes you were healed. So you've got something that's a fact, but you've also got something that's truth, which is above the facts. And so it can be a truth or it can be a fact. And it can, I'll say that again, it can be a fact, but it can be a lie at the same time. Because just because something is happening in the natural world doesn't mean it's your story or that it's going to be your truth. Yes, it's a fact in the natural realm, but the supernatural realm is above the facts. All things are possible with God. So you got a fact. Yes, there is a Red Sea in front of me. Yes, it is impassable. Yes, Pharaoh is coming to get me and all my family and take us back into slavery and captivity. All facts. But God said, no, I've given you the promised land and I'm going to take you there. So which one's true? Because if God said, I've given you the promised land and I'm taking you there, then you have to look at the facts in the natural, but there's a red sea in front of me and it's impassable. There's a red sea in front of me and it's, it's just, it's an obstacle. And yes, the, the leader of that nation's coming to take us and our children and our families. And now he's mad. So which one are you going to believe? Well, if God said, I'm taking you to your promise, then you better believe the promise. And there you have, uh, when the miracle takes place and the Red Sea parts, I refuse to believe the lie. Anything that stands in front of me and my promise is, is going to move out of my way. It is a lie. And so I want you to catch this. Number one, first and foremost, don't believe the lies. So the first thing that happens to people is... Uh, that they identify with the lie. So what does it mean to identify with the lie? When you take it and start to make it your own, this is what I really, I know everybody's not raised in church. I know everybody's not in the same place in faith. I get all that. But it's mind blowing to me that there will be people who make the lie their own. You know, and they'll start saying, you know, well, my, my, my cancer started to, what do you mean my cancer? Well, you know, it's my diabetes is kind of getting worse. What do you mean my diabetes? Why are you taking ownership of the lie? Why do you take ownership? Well, my ADHD is acting up. What do you mean your ADHD? Why are you taking ownership of a lie? When God said, that's not your story. My father, at one point, the devil attacked his throat with a tumor. And the doctor even thought like, this is bad news. You know, gave like, oh my Lord. 
and it would, it, you know, it was, it was, it was rotting. I mean, it was terrible. He'd spit up blood. Devil was lying to him. And, um, you know, yeah, exactly. Lenny. My anxiety is, 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 my depression is worse than ever. And so this tumor was on my father's throat, devil lying to him. You're not going to be able to preach anymore. The doctor's like, oh my God, that's not good. And all this. And my dad got so mad. He took what the doctor, I'm not telling you to do this. This is what he did. Took the, uh, med- medication the doctor gave him. He flushed it right down the toilet and he began to confess that he'd be healed. And it would come and go different things. It was like so weird, supernatural. It would come, it would leave. It would come, it would leave. He'd take authority. And people would come up to him and say, what is that on your neck? You know what his answer would be? That's Jesus tumor. They'd say, what? Yeah, that's Jesus tumor. What do you mean it's Jesus tumor? Yeah, I've cast all my cares upon him for he cares for me. It's not mine, it's his. He took my sickness. He took my pain. He took my sins. I've cast all my cares upon him. It's not mine. I don't claim it for me. It's Jesus tumor. He'd tell people that. And, and then God touched him so supernaturally, it never showed up again. Totally healed. Completely healed by the power of God. Well, I'm not taking ownership of that thing. Well, my anxiety's worse. My depression's worse. Well, my, why are you taking ownership of a lie? This is the first area where I see people fail. They take ownership of a lie. That's not for you. That's not, was it, listen, was it purchased for you by the blood of Jesus? No, then it's not yours. Then it's not yours. Don't take it. Don't take ownership of it. Don't believe the lies. If you don't want the devil's plans to work against your life, then don't take ownership of the things he said are for you. I refuse. It would be so impossible that you don't even understand. It would be so impossible for depression to live in my house. I don't even think people understand to the degree with which it would be impossible. It would be impossible for a spirit of fear and anxiety to live in my house or on my family or on myself. Impossible. It would be impossible for a spirit of lack and poverty to set up shop in my ministry, my house, my life. Impossible. Impossible. I mean, I can't even, I can't even, God's, God's promises work so quickly. You know, we went to ministers and leaders conference and I heard the Lord speak to me to sow a seed. Of course we sowed seeds to the ministry every night, but then we, we felt to sow a seed to Dr. Rodney personally, which we did and, uh, not small. We don't sow small. And I know that's relative to who you are, but I, I want you to understand it's something that takes faith. It should always be something that takes faith. We sowed to the ministry. We sowed to Dr. Rodney. We couldn't even leave the field to come home without somebody coming up and blessing us abundantly, abundantly. That was more than we gave. So I want you to understand something. When you access God's systems, the lies of the enemy are ineffective. You can't believe the lies. Well, this is not really the time to do that. Oh, really? Says who? Says who? Well, you know, this isn't really the season to start a business. This isn't really the season for the ministry. Really, this is a season that's harder in America and the world than it has ever been. Says who? Says the devil? Says the government? Says the culture? Says your friend that hasn't done anything? (laughs) Says who? I don't believe the lies. My life and your life, they're not governed by what the natural realm says is true, by what the government says is true, by what the culture says is true. None of that governs 
our lives, our ministries, our businesses, our families. It's not the ruling factor. Don't believe the lies. Number two, that was number one. Number two, you've got to resist the devil successfully. Resist him successfully. What does that mean? How, how do you, in fact, James chapter four and, uh, verse seven, the Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. James chapter four and verse number seven, because you read that word, resist the devil and people don't understand uh, how to even define that. How, how does somebody resist the devil? How does somebody resist the devil? Because that may not be necessarily um, plain to a lot of people. How do you resist the devil? Well, I'm going to show you from scripture how you do it. But notice the first part, submit yourselves therefore to God. So the first part of making sure you're in line to push back on everything the devil's trying to do. You don't just jump into resisting the devil. You start by submitting yourself, therefore to God, people who aren't submitted to God can't resist the devil successfully. If you're not submitted to God, let me just say something to you. Don't think now that this is going to step on some toes right here. This is going to step on some toes and it might, this might offend some people tough. This is the truth in love. Are you ready? Don't expect to successfully resist the devil if you don't even attend church regularly. Don't expect to successfully resist the devil if you don't even attend church regularly. So what are you talking about? God's power. It's not about going. You're not submitted to God if you're not doing the things in his word he asked you to do. You're not submitted to him. You're not submitted to him. Oh, we go to church when we get the time. You're not submitted to God. Don't expect to resist the devil if you don't even attend church regularly. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Then resist the devil, and he shall flee from you. But the key is first submitting to God. But then, how, how do you, I love that subject yourself to God. Hmm. Subject yourself to God. He's the king. I'm his subject. Dylan said, but I watch online in my footed jammies. A lot of people are, but look at this. This Greek word here for resist to resist to oppose, to rebel against, or to withstand, to resist, to oppose, to rebel against, to withstand. That's the full range of that Greek word. It's interesting. I am opposed. I'm not just opposed to the devil. I'm opposed to his plans. I'm not just rebelling against the kingdom of darkness. I rebel against the plans for my life. I like how my cousin said this one time. He said, anything the devil tells you not to do, do it twice. Anything the devil tells you not to do, do it twice. Do it twice. What am I doing? I rebel against the devil's plans. 
I rebel. I am submitted to God. I rebel against the devil's plans for my life. I'm opposing them actively. I'm resisting them. I'm withstanding them actively. You understand what I'm saying? I am taking steps to disobey the plans of the devil for my life. There was a time, I mean, there's been multiple times. The devil attacks, I do the exact opposite. I've told you the story before about how my whole body was racked with pain. Everything you could imagine hit me all at once on an Easter Sunday morning. And the, what's the temptation? Don't go to church. Don't go, call in, have somebody else cover for you. Do it. And I, I said, I'm not doing it. I got out of church. I got out of bed, showered, got to church, started dancing, started shouting, started praising with the pain, with everything that I couldn't even see fully all the stuff, every joint ached, nauseous, everything you can imagine filling my body. And I said, I don't care. I rebel against this plan. I oppose this plan. And I started shouting. I started singing. I started dancing first thing. And every one of those things had to leave my body. Why? Because it's not my truth. It's not my story. I rebel against it. I oppose it. I submit to God. See how I submitted. I said, I'm not staying in bed, getting out of bed, getting dressed. I'm going to church. I'm going to the house of God because I'm submitted submitted to God. And as I started giving God all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, every one of those things had to leave my body. The pain had to leave all the, I mean, my, I literally, all I could see was white dots. I couldn't see all those things had to leave my body. Why? Submitted to God and opposing the devil's plans. I rebel against them in Jesus name. I rebel against them in Jesus name. And so, uh, I want to deal with this. How did Jesus rebel. How did Jesus resist? Because this is a big deal. If you want the devil to flee, you better know how to resist. You better know how to resist. And I'm going to tell you how to do that. This is the way Jesus did it. Resist. Matthew four, Matthew chapter four. He did it three times in a row until the devil had to run from him. The devil comes with these temptations. What's he trying to do? To, uh, once again, to get Jesus to believe the lies. Look at this now. Oh, you're the, he's on a fast. Oh, you're the son of God. Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Verse four, Matthew four, four, Jesus said, no, the scriptures say people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil said, oh, look, look, we're up here on the top of the temple. Jump off because the scriptures say he'll order his angels to protect you. They'll hold you up with their hands and you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus said, no, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord, your God. Look at this now. Showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I'll give it all to you. If you'll only kneel down and worship me. He said, get out of here, Satan, because the scriptures say you must worship the Lord, your God and only serve him. Verse 11 is huge. And the devil went away. And angels came and took care of Jesus. How did Jesus successfully resist the devil? He spoke the word of God directly to the face of the devil. Every lie that comes at you. No, because the scriptures say, there's the answer right there. If you can't find it in the scriptures for you, it's not for you. No devil, the scriptures say. The scriptures say, 
You're not going to be blessed. You won't have enough. This is a rough, rough time in, the, in America, rough time around the world. You're not going to have enough money. You're not going to be able to pay your bills. You're not going to be able to start your business and keep it running. You're not going to have a ministry. Your church is going to shut down. No, the scriptures say that I'll be the head and not the tail above and not beneath that he'll open the rich treasury of his heavens and pour out rain in its season. I, I mean, you can go right through the scriptures. Oh, you're going to die. You got sickness. You got disease. You're not going to make it. You're like, no, the scriptures say that I have healing virtue that's flowing in my body because the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead dwells in me and quickens and makes alive my physical mortal body that by Christ's stripes, I was healed 2000 years ago. I'm not going to be healed. I already was healed. And now my faith is bringing the manifestation of that healing to pass. No, it's not going to be my story in Jesus name. It's not, and I'm answering every lie with the scripture. I'm answering every lie with the scripture. And I'll say this right on top of it. If you have people around you and I don't, that may say things that are contrary to the word of God. We've talked about we talked about this last week, uh, relationship editing. It's time to edit some relationships. We've talked about that. But if you do have somebody that says something, you answer right back. You answer right back. No, that's not what the Bible says. I'm quick. I'm quick to make those, if I ever hear it. However, I do it in more of a mocking way. But I'm being honest with you. I don't let that foolishness, you, you going to let that foolishness fill your house? Well, you know, no, I don't know. I don't know. And I'll never know because that won't be my story or my, my kid's story. I don't know. And I'll never know. Well, you know how life is. No, I don't know how your life is that, that I don't have, have no knowledge of living that way. I refuse to live that way. I rebel against the devil's plans. So you need to even answer people that don't have a a faith in their own mouth. Yes, we do it in love. Yes, we do it with gentleness and respect, but we do it. I don't just sit around a a bad mouth because here's the deal. If I sit around and allow things to fill my mouth that contradict God's word, I'm calling him effectively a liar. I'm calling him a liar when I speak words that are in contradiction to his word. And I will not do that. God's word is above his name. Psalm 138 verse two. He's magnified or exalted his word above his name. I will not contradict the word of God by my own stupid confessions. I line my words up with God's and I speak the scriptures right to the devil's face. How could you finish me? This is one thing I've been preaching last year. Devil, how could you finish me? Tell me I'm finished. How could you finish me when the Bible says Christ Jesus is the author and the finisher of my faith. You, I've been telling the devil right in his face, you can never finish me because you didn't start me. You can't stop me because you didn't start me. And you live like that and you talk like that and you, and you confess like that. You walk like that. No, I'm resisting him successfully. Anything that comes at me, I'm speaking the word directly at it. No question about it. Number three, if you want to make sure the devil's plans for your life are always canceled, follow the leader, follow the leader. That's number three, follow the leader. I dealt with this. I preached it when I was up in, uh, 
uh, Crossroads on one of the Sundays. I preached this. I believe it was the last Sunday of our revival at Crossroads Community Church. And I was talking about how in Joshua chapter 3, the people of God were getting ready to cross over. Wonders were going to happen. He said, uh, purify yourselves for tomorrow wonders will take place among you. They were getting ready to cross the Jordan River in the midst of the harvest season. When the, when the Jordan River was swollen and a rushing mighty river, its banks were overflowing. There's no way to get across that with little kids and elderly people and livestock. There's no way. There's no way. And so they said, get ready, purify yourselves because tomorrow there will be wonders done among you. And the Bible says, gave them the instruction. Let the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant uh, go ahead of you. Let them go ahead of you. Stay about a half mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark since you've never traveled this way before. But notice what the uh, Lord was doing. He was saying the priests who carry the ark of the covenant, my anointing, my glory, my presence, my spirit, representative. He said, let them go ahead of you. Let them go first. And then you stay about a half mile behind and you follow them because you've never been this way before. And that's something that really jumped into my spirit as I was there in Massachusetts, because the Lord was telling us what I'm about to do for you, the wonders of the end of this year. And as we move into divine possession of 2022, we've never been this way before where God's getting ready to take us. We've never been this way before. And notice the practical application of what he did in this story in the old Testament. He said, stay about a half mile behind them. Why? So that the ones carrying the anointing can lead you into a place and a way that you've never been before. And that's what happens. Number three is follow the leader because we follow in the New Testament, the voice of the Holy Spirit of God, that when he speaks, what's he doing? He's guiding us into a direction we've never been before. Some people fail because they won't follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. They don't follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. So God says, move and they don't move. And then they get stuck in time because I want you, I want you to remember this. There is no neutral in the kingdom of God. Please put that in the comments section. There is no neutral in the kingdom of God. What do I mean when I say that you're either moving forward in obedience or you're regressing in disobedience. You're either moving forward in obedience or you're moving backward in disobedience. Catch this in your spirit now. There is no neutral. Moving forward or you're moving back. The moment God gives you a new instruction, you either obey it and move forward or you fail to obey it or delay to obey it and destruction. Well, listen, when, when we got the word, any word I've ever gotten, I moved on it. Move. I mean, like move on it. Move quickly on it. There's no neutral in the kingdom. If you got a word of direction, move on it move on it. I was so happy to see Kelly and Bill down in Tampa, Florida, because the Lord spoke to them and spoke to them to move down to Tampa from where they were. Well, I, they just greeted me at the uh, ministers and leaders conference the, this last week. And, you know, it made me happy to see them there because they got a word. And even though it seemed like, man, this might be a little bit of a, a challenge, they did it. 
They did what they felt the Holy Spirit told them to do. I thank God that Kelly and Bill aren't logging on the broadcast. And it's like five years from now. So we're still standing on that word to go to Tampa. I believe one of these days, God's going to bring it to pass. I thank God it's not five years later and they're still waiting to obey the word, but they're there. God spoke. They moved on it. We don't always know what's going to happen. We don't always know what the, you know, God doesn't give us. It wouldn't take faith if God told us every single thing that was going to happen. You know, it's like, it's like when I moved to Florida, God didn't say, if you'll move to Florida, I'll give you a much better home than you already have now. I'll make sure that I give you an office studio with all the equipment that you need and cash paid for, and you'll have everything to broadcast around the world. And I'll, I'll open up, uh, you know, the way or whatever. He didn't tell me all that stuff. He didn't tell me all that. He just said, move. He just said, move. That's all. And we did. And when God gives you instruction, move quickly on it. Don't wait five years. Don't wait. Don't, don't wait 10 years. Don't wait. Move on it. We started the ball rolling, did everything. Now I understand that some decisions take longer to make than others because you've got things that have to be done. We got that. We packed it up. We rented our house out. We did all that was necessary, but we did it. And we started moving on it. Soon as we knew, as soon as we knew, God wants you to take actions that take faith. So he's not going to give you the whole story ahead of time. He gives you a little bit as you move forward. Instruction by instruction by instruction. All he told Abraham was, go to a place that I'll show you and sacrifice your son there. That's all he said. He didn't tell him which mountain. He just said, you start going and as you go, I'll show you. You just go out into a place that I'll show you. He's going through the desert and he doesn't see anything. Which, is it this mountain, Lord? No. This one? No. This one? No. This one? Yeah. This one? Yes. He didn't get there until he was led. And he had to get started to get the rest of the word. Come on, man. Amen, Matt. He's a next step God. That's right. He's a next step God. Yes, he is. Oh, he's a next step God. (laughs) He is good. Amen, Susan. But you have to follow the leader when the Holy Ghost gives you. And here's the deal. You don't get instructions if you're not connected to the leader. Pray fast. Listen, pray fast. Listen, get a word, act on the word. See, because when you're in the midst of obeying what God's told you to do, the devil can't take you out. How can the how can the devil take you out when you are literally right in the midst of a place God told you to be impossible? It's impossible. The devil doesn't have that authority. He doesn't have that power. It's been stripped from him. Get started. The devil's plans. Listen, the moment you step into disobedience, that's where God doesn't want you to be. That's when the devil has access to do things that you really gave him access to do because you rebelled against God's word. I don't ever want to be in that place. Always forward, never back. Always forward, never back. That's number three. So number one, don't believe the lies. Number two, resist him successfully. Number three, follow the leader. Number four, remember this. Faithfulness goes a long, long way. Don't quit. Don't ever quit what God told you to do. Now, assuming you've heard the word and that there's not been another instruction that you just de- you know, denied. You say, well, I'm going to stick on this. No, the moment, if, if God told you to do this, and you're faithfully doing it, and he automatically tells you to do this next, but you stay on what his last thing was, even though you're still doing the last thing he told you, 
That's still disobedience if he's told you something new. That's like saying, well, I've got my GPS set to go somewhere. And then you set it and it says, turn south onto I-95. And you get onto I-95 south and you're driving for, you know, 113 miles. And it says, take exit 18. And then and you're like, you know what? No, you already told me to stay on I-95 south and I'm staying on it. Yeah, but the moment that you get another instruction from the GPS, you better make it or you're going to be lost. Or you're not going to be able to get to where you're supposed to be going. The moment it says take, take exit 18 and you say, no, I'm staying on 95. Now you're in disobedience to the instruction. You're not going to get where you're going. And there's people that get, they fall in love with a previous instruction. If he switches, be ready to switch. Imagine if Abram wouldn't have switched when the angel said switch. He said, no, the Lord told me to sacrifice my son. And he's got the knife up and he's ready to sacrifice Isaac. And the angel stays his hand. No, I'm not stopping. The Lord told me to do this. See, Dawn says, what if you're trying hard to hear and don't you keep doing what the Lord's told you to do until you hear a new instruction. What I'm dealing with is if you hear one and you don't do it because you're still doing the old thing, switch when God says switch, switch when God says switch faithfulness, don't quit. Don't quit. You know, uh, Galatians chapter six, the Bible says, don't get weary in well-doing because if you will not faint in due season, you will reap. If you will not faint in due season, you will reap. Don't let it be passion that drives you. Don't let it be excitement that drives you. Let it be discipline that drives you because the passion will leave. All those other things will go, but if you'll make your mind up to have discipline and do it and do it, and when no one else is doing it, you're doing it. When nobody else is moving, you're moving. When nobody else is studying, you're studying. When no one else is praying, you're praying. All those things, the disciplines, it bring, the faithfulness brings breakthrough. Faithfulness brings breakthrough. And finally, number five, let me give you this. Number five, resources cancel the plans of the devil. You know, I love that the Bible says, and this is a scripture I think that probably makes people mad, but it doesn't mean the Bible doesn't say it. It does. Money answers all things. Money answers all things. Hallelujah. No question. The resources of God in your life answer every retort of the devil. I remember when my father, uh, and I went to Atlanta and he was holding his crusade in Atlanta, Georgia on the uh, Turner Field parking lot where the Atlanta Braves used to play, where they had the Olympics. And he came. And to be honest with you, I don't know that the, uh, you know, the city government really wanted us to be there doing a Christian outreach. And there was some large money that was requested in order to do what we needed to do. That was thrown at us, if you understand what I mean, the, the curveball of, oh, oh yeah, you can come now, but now it's going to cost this much money. That would have thrown a wrench into the plans of God if we didn't have the resources of God. We say, well, I guess we're not going to be able to do the crusade then. You know, they said they wanted, you know, $20,000 extra uh, and, and all that. So I guess it's just not God's plan because they don't want us to come. No, you know, it did, paid it. He just paid it and moved forward <laughs> and move forward with God's plan. The resources cancel the plans of the devil. Devil don't want us there. So they're going to charge us this much more. Fine. Cash. 
Bam. Done. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. The resources of God. Now, there's multiple things that bring the resources of God. Obedience is one of the biggest things that releases God's resources into your hand. Obedience. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Don't go down to Egypt where your father went, but go to a land that I will show you and I'll bless you there. Genesis 26, God speaks to Isaac. This is important for you to get. Don't go where your father went, go where I tell you to go and I'll bless you there. Why is that so important? Because, because notice this is, this is a big deal. Notice that the blessing of God was not universal. It was not universal. The blessing of God was location based. I want you to put it this way in the comments. We're going to pray in a moment, but I want you to get this in your spirit. Put, write it down this way. The blessings of God are instruction based. They're not random. They're not accessible anywhere at any time. The blessings of God are instruction based. This is huge. This is huge. The instructions of God, or excuse me, the blessings of God are instruction based. I'm going to show it to you here from the life of, of, uh, Isaac. Isaac uh, is being spoken to by the Lord. Genesis 26, severe famine struck the land as had happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Gerar where Abimelech, king of the Philistines lived and the Lord appeared to Isaac. And what did he say? Do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land and I'll be with you and I'll bless you. I hereby confirm that I will give these lands to you and your descendants as I solemnly promised Abraham, your father. I'll stop there. Notice what God said. He said, don't go here, do go here. Don't go here, do go here. And if you do go here, then I will bless you in the place that I've sent you. That's huge. I wish so many people could get this. If they did, they'd be far less flippant with their life. No question. People would be far less flippant about, you know, where they go to school, what they choose to do with their life, where they choose to work, who they choose to marry, all the different things. Where they go to church, they'd be far less flippant if they understood God has an actual plan for me and his blessings are location-based, they're instruction-based. If I'm not in the middle of his instruction, I've got no right to his resources. No question. If I'm not in the middle of his instruction, I've got no right to his resources. Go to the place that I showed you and I'll bless you there. Not anywhere, there. Notice that. Not anywhere, where you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to be. That's key. I know for a fact that at every juncture in my life where the Lord spoke and I obeyed his voice and I made the move, if I had not made it, I would have missed out on massive blessings from the Lord. If I'd have just gone to the Bible school that I decided to go to, when he spoke to me to go somewhere else, I'd have missed blessings. Do you realize the, the hands that would not have been laid on me if I went to a place, I mean, randomly meeting T.L. Osborne in the mall, 
meeting Kenneth Hagin, having different mighty men of God lay their hands on my head, none of that would have happened if I had just done what I felt like doing, what I had planned to do. I did what God said, and those things brought to pass the blessings. All the things, I mean, like I think about everything that I did by instruction. If I'd not done it, I'd missed out on the major blessings that God has released into my life. Major blessings. It's location-based. It's instruction-based. And that's why we do what the Lord says. And the resources of God cancel the plans of the enemy. It's hard from, it's hard for the enemy to take you out when you're walking in the more than enough. That's just flat out true. It is hard for the enemy to take you out when you're walking in the more than enough. In all honesty. In all honesty. I mean, I, I, I go through it and start to see all the things that used to be hard, God makes them easy as you keep obeying his voice. All the things that used to be hard. <laughs> you know, the things that used to be like, oh man, I, I you know, it, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. It's mind-blowing to me how God makes them easy. And that's going to be your story. The devil's not going to destroy your life. His plans for your life will fail every time. Why? Number one, you won't believe the lies. Number two, you will resist him successfully. Number three, you'll follow the Holy Ghost. Number four, you'll stay faithful. And number five, you are making decisions that will bring you the resources of God. Obedience is the first one where you're at and what you say and what you sow. Those three things define whether or not you'll have the resources of God, where you are, what you say, what you sow. Obedience, obedience, obedience. I'm obedient to be in the right place. I'm obedient to say the right things. I'm obedient to sow the right things. Obedience, obedience, obedience. I'm going to say it again. I'm faithful to be in the right place. I'm faithful to say the right things. I am faithful to sow the right things. Do you realize that today you are just a result of what you've said and sown in days gone by? That's it. Where you are, who you are, what you have, it is just a result of what you've said and sown in days gone by. That's all. You are the result of your own seeds and sayings. That's it. Because seed time and harvest is real, man. It's real. People don't recognize how real it is, but it's real. It's real. I mean, it's insanely real. To see the seeds come back, or see the harvest come back from the seeds we've sown. It's insane. It's real. Seed time and harvest is no joke. You can't get around it. As long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. And you know how I know that that's not just natural farming? Because in Galatians 6, it's not talking about farming. In Galatians 6, Paul's talking to the church about what they're sowing financially. And then he says this scripture that you know very well, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. 
Look at that. Susan said, wow, this, just this morning I sowed a seed and it came now. It's real, man. It's real. And I love what Paul said by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Whatsoever a man sows. That means it's not just financial seeds, every action. Then you need a miracle, Don. She said, what if you're married to someone who says different, doesn't want to obey? You need to pray for that person and believe God that he'll hear the voice of the Lord. But you've got to do what the Lord tells you to do. I would never submit myself to someone and the submission caused me to be in sin. Ever. Ever. So you keep on praying, keep on believing, keep on loving them. But I'm just going to be honest with you. Seed time and harvest has changed my life. I can't even begin to tell you how much. And now we're getting our children to understand it. And they are seed sowing machines. They sow all the time, my kids. And they're getting blessed abundantly, like abundantly. Not just, for, not for me. People will come right up and bless the kids. It's insane. You come right up and bless them because they're sowers. They're sowers. Whatsoever, that shows you. It's not just about farming. People say, you always talk about seed time and harvest, but if you look in the context of the scripture, he's talking about actual crops and farm. No, he's not. Because if you compare it to what Paul taught the New Testament church, he's talking about whatever you release from your life, financial seeds, actions, words, whatever, whatsoever a man sows that will he also reap. There you go. There you go. And that's what it's going to take in these final hours of time. We're not going to struggle. The devil's plans against our lives will not work. They will not ever succeed. They fail every time. I'm going to take the end of this broadcast to pray for you. There's people that need miracles. I understand there's people still at that place. I know I talked in the beginning about we shouldn't be 20 years in the place where we need a miracle every single week. And we shouldn't. But there are people that not for survival, but they have loved ones that are in trouble. They, they have people that uh, they work with. I, I get the messages. Pray for me. Pray for my loved ones. The devil's attacking. We're going to pray right now. And we're going to take authority over the attack of the devil. His plans are not going to succeed against your life. In Jesus' name, you'll be abundantly blessed. Father, I pray for every person that's watching, every person that's listening. And first, I take authority over the attack of the enemy that's come against their family, their loved ones, their life, their business ministry. I rebuke it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we reject every lie of the devil, continue to resist by speaking your word that's more powerful than any other thing. We continue to follow the Holy Spirit, stay faithful. We thank you that the blessing is about to abound. Wonders are taking place in November, December. We declare it. Wonders from the Holy Ghost belong to us in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for it. Now, Lord, I take authority over sickness and disease people are battling. Things of the mind that people are battling. Depression, anxiety, fear, suicidal thoughts. All these things, we keep getting these messages. Lord, touch your people today. Touch them. For their family members that are struggling, some in the hospital, touch them, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for that. We give you praise for what you're doing. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, if you believe it, somebody shout amen, throw some fire, throw some hands in the comments section. And let me challenge you as we step into November. Now is the time to begin to sow seeds that will provoke financial wonders. We are provoking 
financial wonders. So how do you provoke a financial wonder? You sow a seed. There's people that actually think like that. Like, I can't. That stuff, he's super spiritual. Though. He provoke and find out. Oh, really? Where's that in the Bible? Where's that in the Bible? There's people that think like that. That's why they don't have financial wonders. It's sowing a seed that provokes financial wonders. This is something we need to think about as we come to the end of this year. We can't sow flippant seeds and expect financial wonders. It doesn't work that way. I've taught about this multiple times. You know it very well as a Victory Tribe member. We can't sow flippant seeds and expect financial wonders. It's going to have to be that kind of a seed that provokes the hand of God to do something supernatural. And so that's what I'm challenging you to do today. If maybe you've never even partnered with this ministry, but you feel it, you, you're here, you're getting fed, you're getting stirred up, you're getting uh, encouraged by these broadcasts and podcasts. Well, let me encourage you then to stand with Carolyn and with me as we're doing everything we can do in this final generation of time. Partner with this ministry, miracleword.com. If you click the partner page, maybe you'd like to know more of what we're doing and how you're getting involved. That page will show you all that we're doing how you're a part of it and what you're accomplishing by those seeds you're sowing and stand with us, stand with us. Maybe you feel today to sow a seed that will provoke financial wonders. Do what the Lord's telling you to do. Do what he's speaking to you to do. All the ways to give her on the website. You can see them on the screen, all kinds of ways to sow your seed, but do it, do it by faith. Watch what the Lord will do for again, for everybody that's sowing in the month of November. I'm so excited about this. My father's brand new book, the camels are coming. It is the introduction to his study on the gifts of the spirit. And, uh, I'm telling you, there's nobody I'd rather hear teach on the gifts of the spirit than my father, uh, who sees them in operation all the time in his ministry. I don't believe personally there's anybody better that you could receive from on the gifts of the spirit than my father. And this is our gift to you for the month of November to those that are partnering, those that are sowing seed, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and uh, fill it out. Let us know you'd like to receive it. That'll be our gift to send to you. If you already have it, there's other options there that you can look at the drop down and see if there's something else that you don't have. It's our way of saying thank you. And then of course, the Bible that I was using today the Life Application Study Bible in Genuine Leather. This is our gift to everybody that's sowing largely $1,000 or more to be a part of this ministry at a larger level. And of course, if you're sowing in a way that's truly provoking financial wonders, $5,000 or more, you're standing with us, we're gonna send you something called the Elite Study Collection that we've put together just for you in a keepsake box um, of, of what I consider to be the best Bible study tools available to believers. Over 100,000 notes on the Bible, scripture, as you study. It will be a massive, massive blessing to you. Again, don't forget, tomorrow we're back with Bible trivia. And then Wednesday's a big day. New Last Gen podcast, new kids episodes. We've got Carolyn back at two, and then Tiffany and I are gonna be live doing that special episode on business, how you can literally produce at an expedited rate in your business, your ministry. You don't want to miss it. Be here with you all week. I love you guys so much. Thanks for hanging with us. I'll see you again in the morning. Have a great day. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.